0: It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. I'm Bill Hemmer. This is Hemmer Time. Big welcome this week to Peter Ducey. Peter, how are you? Hello and welcome to the Welcome to the show.
1: Doing well. Hello from Cedar Rapids, Iowa. I love it. Thanks for having me.
0: No one has been to more rallies or campaign events since Campaign Carl. Would you agree with that?
1: I think that there might be something to that, and I believe that I have seen everybody except for de Blasio.
0: Uh Uh-huh. So you're (laughs) you're the only one. Can you remember where you were last week or where you've been?
1: That's tough. The The easiest way for me to remember that is to scroll back through my phone pictures. I try to just take a picture everywhere that I go. Really? Uh, and if that doesn't work, just check the, check the Marriott app. Where was I? <laughs> where Expense was reports. Uh,
0: you're a road warrior. Uh, you mentioned Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Do you know where you'll be in a week?
1: I do not know. I know usually about three or four days in advance unless there's something on the calendar like a debate. So I know on October, whatever day the next debate is, I'll be in Columbus. But before that, after that, I really have no idea. I don't even know when the next time
0: I'm going home is. My gosh, it's such a glamorous life. I think the great value of a reporter, the great benefit, uh, is this. You get to see up close and you get to understand the people and the issues in a way that we cannot, frankly. Do you think we understand how this race is unfolding?
1: I think generally— Yes, but there are certain things that are hard to connect to each other. So uh, Joe Biden has this very sturdy, stable first place position in all of the polls. But then he consistently hosts some of the smaller events and in the towns that we go to, people are not as excited or enthusiastic when they hear that Joe Biden is in town as opposed to, say, anybody really in the top tier from that debate stage. Uh, you you see people with more Cory Booker t-shirts or Harris or Buttigieg uh, as, and then Sanders and Warren, certainly. Uh, but what we're trying to figure out now is, does that matter? Are these people uh, – uh, does the crowd size matter in Iowa? Does it matter in New York? Uh, so what we're – We're working on that part. Yeah, that's that's an um, excellent point.
0: um, Elizabeth Warren was in New York City this past week. She's down in Greenwich Village, uh, just a few streets from where I live. Peter, I have seen the rallies for Hillary Clinton in 2016. I was there for the rallies for Barack Obama um, 2007-8 and 2012. So I, I think I have a pretty good gauge for who shows up and who has momentum. I think that she has momentum. She drew, She's not a nominee. She is a candidate. And what I observe from her is that she's got a really good, well-produced 30-minute presentation. She's got a lot of energy. She drew a big crowd, largely white. And those are my observations from what I took the other night. Again, she's not a nominee. She's just a candidate. What is your feeling on that?
1: Well, the feeling would be... Can she keep it going? Because uh, her campaign says uh, she's already taken 60,000 selfies, which goes to show that people care enough about her to stick around after events. But uh, we saw the same thing a couple months ago from Kamala Harris after the first debate. She shot right up and she was right behind Joe Biden in a couple of these polls. And in the time since, she has fallen back down to earth and she's in the low single Digits. The the interesting part about Elizabeth Warren is that uh, and Harris earlier and Buttigieg who had his moment. The person who is always still just right there is Bernie Sanders. So uh, people, he's either in second or third place in every poll for the last year in the early states in the national looks, and so. Uh, you you got to wonder why that is what is it about bernie sanders that gives him staying power at the top or towards the top that only joe biden has mm-hmm. has enjoyed so far
0: mm-hmm. so tell me this just a few uh, a few questions here who has the crowds in your view
1: it depends on where you are uh sanders consistently since january has had at least 3000 which is about, honestly, 10 or 15 times bigger than your normal Biden crowd. Uh, Warren, obviously, lately has had some crowds that her campaign counts as more than 10,000, maybe as many as 20,000, although there's no uh, official uh, word on that. Kamala Harris will get a big crowd. Up in New Hampshire, a couple months ago, Pete Buttigieg was getting big crowds, and uh, Cory Booker sometimes has people turn out so there is a lot of general interest in these people in places like iowa new hampshire and south carolina which is kind of the the triangle that we keep flying in circles around um but i it, it seems like sanders and warren are in their own league when it comes to crowd size, and then everybody else uh, interesting. Is, is trying to match.
0: That's interesting. Do you? What did Ted Cruz say last week? I think he said that. I don't know if you heard this. He said the left is pissed off. Do you feel that?
1: I think that people are appreciative of their role in a nominating process. Where uh, you know, there's so many of these things that we hear about. For example, last time the DNC kind of admitting because of changes that they've made that they put their finger on the scale for Hillary Clinton. You go to a Bernie rally or a Warren rally, people know about that and they are looking forward to having more of a say in the process just by you know we're not going to be interfered with here in Iowa or New Hampshire or Nevada or South Carolina. And so I think from a process point there might be some some sour grapes still. Uh, but in terms of just the way that things are going, I don't get a sense that there is a ton of anger at these events. Hmm. And, and part of the reason is you look at who's popular. It's the candidates that are going to do things that are promising to do things that would directly impact individuals. You have student debt. We'll wipe it out. You have medical debt. We will wipe it out. So they are, they are, I think, more motivated than agitated.
0: Mm. Interesting observation. How often is Donald Trump's name invoked at these events you attend?
1: Not a ton. Uh, It kind of just depends on what's going on. They'll mention something like uh, they'll make a joke about buying Greenland or they'll make a joke about something that he does or says or tweets. But A lot of the focus at this point, because they are all against Trump, is just to try to stand out among the field, which even though it is shrinking, it is still humongous. Maybe two (laughs) stages worth of candidates still.
0: Yeah, you're right about that. Donna Shalala is a Democrat from South Florida, and she said during August she held, I don't know, a dozen town halls. Maybe it was two dozen. I can't remember the number. And she said she had a total of four questions about impeachment. Is that what you find, that people do not bring that topic up, or or are they interested in it?
1: I would say one question out of every 20, if you look at all the different uh, events. And granted, these candidates don't take a ton of questions. Like, at every single event, Elizabeth Warren will take three. Kamala Harris will take three or four. Joe Biden will take two or three. And so... The issues that you hear about are issues that make it sound like these people might not be completely sold on voting Democratic, but it's things like health care. Immigration is very big, even in Iowa and New Hampshire. Um, uh, some foreign policy concern generally, but, but health care and immigration are really big.
0: Uh, that's very interesting. Not, I, not a ton of immigration. Yeah, I thought Warren the other day, she emphasized corruption. Heavily. And she also appealed to the contribution of women in American life or American history. Have you picked up on those two themes
1: from her? Yes. But it has not really seemed like that is something where she's filling a void that people were wanting to hear more about corruption. Uh, you don't hear a ton of that uh-huh. because how, ultimately how, I don't know that that's something that affects day-to-day life. Yeah,
0: how here. accessible is Joe Biden? If these candidates are taking three or four questions at the end of their events, i that's the first time I've heard that. I thought it was much more than that. H- how accessible is Joe Biden? Does he talk to reporters every day?
1: Well, I would say they take like three or four questions from people that show up in the, in these small towns that right. they go to. I would say Biden will do a, seven or eight minute gaggle with press, just an informal kind of the way that Donald Trump does it on the South lawn once a week.
0: Hmm. He's been criticized on the debate stage for this, that or the other. It, it, does he strike you as, um as someone who is the same in that gaggle or is he different?
1: He is the same. And my big observation of the debate being there in Houston Uh, Very convenient now that it's streamlined just one night is that uh, a lot of people watching on TV are noticing strengths or weaknesses in these candidates for the first time. But what they are seeing are the way that these candidates are on the trail. So if somebody thought that Joe Biden was a certain way that surprised them, well, that's the way he's been at his last 30 events. Same goes for Warren Booker klobuchar sanders that's what you see is what you get not nobody it really changed uh once they hit the stage and the okay the lights so, turned can, on.
0: can you say peter who has momentum and maybe can you say who does not
1: that's tough to say because it really does depend on the day people get so excited anytime any democratic candidate is coming to town It has seemed since the beginning that Warren and Bernie Sanders maybe generate the most interest. And the Biden campaign conceded to us a couple days ago that Warren and Sanders have a home field advantage in New Hampshire that might be tough for them. Uh, Somebody else, though, and it's interesting, Mayor Pete Buttigieg, at the beginning of this year, very few people had heard of him, and even fewer people could pronounce his name. Mm-hmm. And now that's somebody that, uh, when he comes to town, people know they want to go see him. What is this guy all about? He's so young. Is he too young? Uh, it, he's somebody that is very interesting in that way because he has gone, he's already gone further than anybody in terms of where he started to where he is now.
0: Interesting. Let me come back to that. You, you touched on this a few moments ago. The reason why the rules were changed from 2016 is because of the superdelegates. Correct me where I misstep here. And Hillary Clinton's superdelegates could vote for her early on in the in, in the contest, which meant by the time they got to the convention in Philadelphia, she had the nomination locked up. And we remember how how much turmoil there was among the Bernie Sanders fans who felt they got ripped off. And so what the DNC did is they went and they changed the rules and they changed the rules that prevents a superdelegate from casting a vote for a candidate. Unless at the convention in Milwaukee next August, the vote for the nominee goes to a second round. Do I have that accurate?
1: Yes. And that is a big part of what, Bernie Sanders is already hinting at. We were with him at the field of dreams, which was very cool for Mm. a lifelong baseball fan to go to, but he was telling reporters, look, nobody is going to get more than 50% of the delegates going into the convention. So whatever happens, I'm going to be there at the convention on the convention floor. Nobody else is talking about a convention floor fight except for him. But again, he's somebody that clearly was looking for a way in last time, didn't see it and sees this is maybe his way. You know, I don't have it in the spring, but come summer, we'll be
0: there. I would take it a step further, perhaps. I I think, I think he's probably right. I think if Joe Biden has the staying power along with Bernie Sanders support and his money and Elizabeth Warren gaining the momentum that she has, it's, it's possible that there could be three candidates at their convention next summer.
1: It's possible there could be five.
0: Hmm. You, you had mentioned earlier that Bernie Sanders still is treading in a, in, a, in a fairly consistent area. What do you think has changed for him since 2016? Because he's no longer the big, big dog, but he's still a pretty big dog.
1: He is a famous guy. He, he's as famous as anybody running, and so I think – at a lot of the places that we go to it's not just people that want medicare for all and canceled debt they want to go and see this famous guy so for better or worse that is that is baked in for him it's it's kind of like uh, obviously not to the same level but a little bit like what trump enjoyed last time which is hey that guy, I'm not a Republican, and I don't really care about building a wall, but I see that guy on TV all the time. And now he's in my little town in 900, so I might as well go and see what he's yeah, got to say.
0: That's a great point, and too. So I think
1: that's the big change for Bernie.
0: Yeah. And early February of next year, you've got Iowa, then you moved to New Hampshire about a week later, and then South Carolina after that. South Carolina, I think, is on a Saturday. The reason I point that out is because Super Tuesday is the following Tuesday. So now we're in the first week of March. And California has a role to play on Super Tuesday. They moved their primary up. Are you able to handicap what sort of difference that could make for this nomination fight?
1: It could be really big in a way that I don't think gets enough attention, which is if you look at the map ahead of that, Iowa and New Hampshire and then Nevada and then South Carolina Mm. for the Democrats. I missed that. Okay. Uh Joe Biden's strongest state, his where he is doing the best in the polls and where he's got the most local leaders, is South Carolina. Everything else looks like it is a complete toss-up at this point, even though he is in first place. So you look at the possibility of potentially the first three contests going a couple different ways uh, if somebody else is surging and then if there was going to be the the firewall that people talk about South Carolina well it's tough for a front runner to continue arguing that they are the most electable person if they don't win anything until a month in if that is what happens and so super tuesday then just a couple days later uh it it could be fractured so many different ways and this time you got California and Texas Both on Super Tuesday. There are two people from Texas running. There's somebody from California. Uh, It really, uh, the map does not get nearly the attention that it should when people are trying to figure out, okay, what is going to happen?
0: Mm-hmm. Very good point. I wonder if someone is better built for Iowa than others. And the reason I ask that is, you know how it works in the caucus. you got to go to their living rooms. You have to go to the local school. You you meet in very small, intimate groups. Do you see one of the candidates better built for that style of campaigning?
1: It's interesting. Cory Booker continues to claim, and I, I hear a little bit of this from party leaders in Iowa, He insists that he has got the strongest ground game in Iowa and New Hampshire. And so don't pay attention to his low single digits in the polls. Just wait until caucus night. And because if he really does think he's got this muscular operation here, that could make an enormous difference because the system is so strange the way that you have to physically show up and then move to different corners of a high school gym to help figure out who wins. Uh, if you have somebody that is running your caucus operation that knows the rules better than anybody else, that's how that's how surprises happen. So Booker insists that he's got it, uh, it, but it's too soon to yeah. to tell.
0: That that was Here. not the answer I was expecting. Conversely, do you think someone is better built for New Hampshire?
1: Aside from the the two New Englanders, Sanders and Warren, we have seen a lot of interest in New England for Buttigieg, and again, these people are all trailing Joe Biden significantly in the national polls, but I, they also, at least so far, have been a bigger draw with crowds. So, does that matter? Mm-hmm. I, I
0: we'll know when
1: you know yeah
0: fair enough on that just a few more questions here do you see a candidate in the second tier that could have a significant breakout
1: it seems like the most curiosity and the again kind of the way that Buttigieg came out of nowhere and now he's on the he's close to center stage andrew yang and for the same reason that sanders and warren are popular they're because they're promising to do something specific and tangible for individuals. Yang is saying, if I'm president, everybody gets $1,000 a month. And that, it goes. I think it was almost a half a million people signed up mm-hmm. for the raffle to be part of a pilot program there. That is a huge, huge surge that it's hard to see somebody in the second tier coming up with something that could be as just kind of out there but popular uh as that
0: yeah uh, on that same line do you see anyone in the second tier who's playing for a possible vp
1: that's an interesting question the only person that explicitly said they would be open to being a vp was Gillibrand. but uh, when you look at the way that some of the debate nights have gone it's i think it's just as likely that the vp winds up being somebody who is not running for president right now um and then you got to look at these battleground states is there somebody from uh, georgia or minnesota that was not running for president but could be helpful
0: yeah, it's a great reminder too. Yeah, there's um, and there's, actually and, yeah, and to ahead. that
1: point to that point I would say not to cut you off, but uh, the surrogate that was with Joe Biden all uh, the whole time that he was in Houston, everywhere that he went was the new Atlanta mayor. Keisha Lance Bottoms. Interesting. So, All right, we'll
0: keep that name in mind. From
1: a big city swing state, that was interesting. Right. To
0: Many me. want to spend money, um trillions of it, a lot of it. Is that popular among the people you talk to, the voters?
1: They don't care. There is very little concern about issues concerning the debt or spending. It's it's just a big number. It's going to be a big number anyway. A billion is a big number. So a trillion is a big number, and it makes no difference to them.
0: So I'm going to let you go here in a minute. I'll let you get back to the road, um, a place that you are well comfortable with and will continue to be that way for the next year plus. However, do you believe the voters who attend these events are engaged this early in the process?
1: To an extent, but at the same time, a a lot of the places that we go and- We go there because the Democratic candidates are hosting events. You walk out of the event and you'll see somebody who didn't even know what was going on and they're wearing a Trump hat or they just could care less. Uh, They've never heard. You know, you tell somebody, oh, well, Kamala Harris is in there and they'll say, who? And so I think that people are starting to pay more attention. The activists are very involved, but... In a lot of these places, it's not a foregone conclusion that a Democrat is going to win, or that they, or that President Trump won't ultimately win the state mm-hmm. that they were in if it gets that far.
0: From. Yeah. How's life on the road? Do you enjoy it?
1: I enjoy it very much. There, I make a point wherever we are to try to just ask or look up uh, what's good to eat that I can't get anywhere else. And so here in Iowa, it's a lot of pork up in New Hampshire. It's a lot of lobster rolls, South Carolina. I get a lot of cheese, pimento cheese, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So I love it.
0: Ah, nice. Anything you've eaten that we would be surprised about? I mean, you getting into reindeer or anything like that?
1: <laughs> Um, I There, there was some pretty curious, curiously named stuff at the Iowa state fair a couple weeks ago, but it's fried, and so it all tastes the same.
0: Yeah, tastes like chicken. Peter, thank you so much. Why don't we check in in a couple months, and we'll compare where we think we are today with where we are then. Does that sound all right?
1: I would like that very much, Bill.
0: Terrific. Peter, thank you for your time in Cedar Rapids, Iowa today. Who knows where the wind blows for you tomorrow? Thank you, Peter. We'll catch up real soon. Peter Ducey with us today on the road. I'm Bill Hemmer. This is Hemmer Time.